Welcome to Game of Books with Kathy in South Dakota. That's me. And Christy in South Florida. That's me. We're two newbie writers sharing our take on wine, food, and mystery books. And the authors who write them. Join us for the fun. Welcome to our Killer Season 2. It was kind of a crazy off-season with lots of ups and downs, but I gotta tell you, it's really good to be back. I know. I'm so excited to be here with you. Well... Not literally, but you know what I mean. Be together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm so excited to bring all of our new ideas to our mysterious foodies. Yes. They spoke and we listened. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm loving the idea that we're kind of going to be like a book club podcast. Um, we're still going to have our insight as writers trying to navigate, you know, this crazy publishing world. But before that, of course, we were readers course. Yes, and since we are Mm -hmm. pairing wine and food and picking great books, why not just say it? That's a recipe for a great book club. It's the most obvious thing, right? Absolutely. (laughs) And we get to bring in awesome authors of the books we're reading to all of our listeners on our Corks and Conversation series. And so it's just all coming together. going to be so much fun. I know, I know. Um, And you know what can make it even more fun? Um... Wine? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> we need to open Perfect. this week's bottle of wine. Perfect. <laughs> well, I completely agree with you. Um, this week's book, by the way, is The Murder List by Hank Philippi Ryan. Mm-hmm. It's a C- CNN Ultimate Summer Read. And since fall started earlier this week, it's a perfect fall read, too. Yes, I agree. And, and you know, our MFs in the Southern Hemisphere can get a jump start on their summer reading list. How's that? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Okay. okay, so Christy, what wine and food did you choose for Hank Philippi Ryan's The Murder List and why? Okay, well, you know, before I do, I think maybe we should just... Um, tell our listeners how we're changing um, up a little bit the way we choose our wine. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is perfect. I'm so excited about this. So in the first season, we said that we had to choose, you know, our rule was that we chose um, a bottle of wine that was under 20 bucks um, mm-hmm. that I could find here in South Dakota and you could find in South Florida. Right. And we're still sticking to that price range since neither of us won the lottery that I know of. <laughs> nope, nope, not here. <laughs> but of course, uh, on a side note, if any of you listeners out there won the lottery, we wouldn't be opposed to you sending us wine of any price, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to keep this price limit the same, but we're going to be more flexible on our availability in our locations. Right, because... All of our listeners don't live in South Dakota and South Florida, so we need to expand our horizons. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the mysterious foodies in the UK. (laughs) (laughs) Or closer to home, say in Texas. I guess that's closer to your home, not my home. Um, Okay, so this is the great news, you guys. We found this great store called Universal Fine Wine and Spirits, and they will ship wine to just about anywhere. Yes, yes. So if we want to try a wine that we can't find, one of us can't find, then we can just order it delivered. And they're giving all of you guys, our listeners, $5 off your first order with the coupon code GAMEOFBOOKS. 
That's like all one word, game of books. Okay, so this just literally made my day. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> so this way, all of our listeners can stock up on, on their favorite wines, especially the wine we're um, drinking during our episodes, right? So they can sip along with us. Yeah, yeah. And all they have to do is go to the website. It's universalfws.com, or they can Google Universal Fine Wine and Spirits and follow the prompts and go shopping. (laughs) Uh, Check our posts also on our upcoming wine selections. We'll be announcing them before we get there. Um, Mm -hmm. Next week, we're going to be drinking Lama Malbec with Hank Philippi Ryan. I can't even tell you how excited I am about that. I know. I can't wait for that as well. And that was Hank's choice, by the way. Yes, that was Hank's yes. choice, the Lama Malbec. I know. And I can't wait to hear why she chose it. So Yeah, it's going to be great. But anyway, so back to this week's wine. This week's wine is, drumroll please. <laughs> Girl and Dragon Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay, so I think we should have a sip of this. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this. I take a quick one so I can tell you what you should be tasting. Now, Mm -hmm. they're kind of, they have the coolest label. Is it Um, not the coolest label? I know. Don't we always love the labels? I think we pick our wines half the time because of the label. You know, I will, I will disclaim this. I had a friend give me this wine. Uh huh. And I, I wonder if she, I didn't get a chance to ask her, but I wonder if she chose it because of the label, because it's just such a great label. It's a great gift wine. Yeah. Right, and it goes along with our, like, Game of Books, Game of Thrones kind of thing, you know, the girl and the dragon, and their motto is be fearless, which is exactly mm. what we got to be, right? So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, the, um, it's bold and powerful. It has the aromas of oak spice with robust flavors of black plum, vanilla, and dark fruit, followed by a silky dark chocolate finish. Mm. Okay, let me try. You know how I like that dark chocolate finish. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I really, I really like this. Mm, I do too. That's very nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, we love our cabs, but I really do. I think this is a good one. It's very smooth, and Mm -hmm. it will go with, you know, they say pair with like different meat tacos, lamb, steak, tartare, but. I chose it, one, because in one part of the book, the characters were drinking a cab. So I said, okay, cab. And two, the food that I chose is pizza. And I'm like, pizza and red wine. Don't you think they go together? I do. Okay, that's what I want. My book club, right? That's what I would want to eat. Yes, exactly. That's why I said, you know, I'm like... What's the easiest kind of thing to eat? And and if you're like, um, you know, still want to be exploring your foodie part. I mean, you can make your own crust. I, in fact, I'm going to put a recipe that I'm going to try for um, fat head pizza crust, which is hmm. like low carb keto. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because I mean, some of my friends are doing the keto, you know, yeah. so I'm like, eh, they might balk at pizza. But if I say, hey, it falls under the keto diet, then they can eat it. Yeah. So, yeah, but the reason why I chose it um, is because of a scene early in the book. Mm, I was wondering. Yes. Chapter four, and in the main character, Rachel, she ends up at a crime scene where the victim appears to be murdered mid-pizza consumption, okay? (laughs) And she's not used to going to murder scenes, so this is pretty shocking to her anyway, 
And the chapter four, and I just want to read a couple sentences because I love how um, Hank put this <laughs> into words. She <laughs> okay. So it's like, I may never eat pizza again. Tassie Lyle's kitchen reeks of it. The tangy, acidic tomato sauce, the sickly sweet yeast, and that sharp stab of oregano. I try not to breathe, but too late. Pizza will forever smell like death. <laughs> I was like, that was such a good description. And welcome to the Game of Books book club. <laughs> That's awesome. Now it's great. I know. Well, we weren't exactly there, you know, so I still yeah. love pizza. So I, you know, but it does, it does make you think that there are certain foods that people associate with like horrible things. And mm -hmm. it reminded me of, when, you remember when we went to Writer's Police Academy, right? I do. Okay, I don't think you went to this one workshop that I went to. Mm -hmm. But it was Microscopic Murder's Greatest Hits. And the hits were in quotations. It was by um, Dr. Deneen Laughlin. And she told this story that I could not eat spaghetti for a couple days. And yeah, it's a true story. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Because this is very oh, no. important. Yes. Ha I'm having pasta for dinner. <laughs> this is awesome. Well, then okay. it's doubly important that you hear this because guess what? This guy, this young guy, this was like in 2008 in like Brussels or something. He died after eating leftover spaghetti. And here's how it happened. Okay. Okay. He had spaghetti that he had left on the counter room temperature for five days oh right? ew right okay but then he looks at it it smells okay looks okay everything's fine so he puts it in the microwave heats <laughs> it up eats it tastes fine goes on to his you know sports activity half hour later he's rushing home he feels terrible he's vomiting diarrhea you know the whole nine yards and goes to bed and croaks he died. Ugh. Okay. Isn't that horrible? And you're like going, but wait, he heated it up. Didn't, wouldn't that kill the bacteria? Oh, no. Not after five days. Okay. Yeah. There's a particular bacteria that, well, most bacteria is even after forever. They die in the heat. But there is one particular Bacillus cereus or whatever that is heat resistant. That's why they say you should put your food away after a couple hours. Because oh, it man. multiplies. And so normally people who get this, you know, they might get a little yucky feeling if, it, if it's, if, you know, the, the toxins have built up. But it, it multiplies every 20 minutes. So you can imagine after five days. <laughs> and you don't see it or anything. So well, thankfully it's rare. But I'm just saying, put your spaghetti in the fr your pasta in the fridge. Because it, it affects <laughs> rice, pasta, and noodles. you know that already. <laughs> Just a public service announcement. The refrigerator is your friend. <laughs> I know. Luckily, it's pretty rare. There's only like four cases of anybody really, you know, dying from this because, oh my gosh. It, you know, it has to build up a lot, you know, because Obviously. your body can fight off, you know, a lot of bacteria, but <laughs> wow, not, not five days worth. <laughs> oh my gosh. So anyway, okay. we're going to, we're just going to stick to pizza. Okay, now that we have our food and wine, it's time to talk about the book. Yes, as any book club knows, food and wine is important, but the book 
is where it's at. <laughs> okay, so today I have such an interesting topic to talk about. Obviously, we won't give any spoilers for those of you who haven't read it yet, but trust me, you're going to want to read this book. I see what you did there. Slipped in the name of Hank's book we did last season. Trust me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we love Hank's books, and Murder List really didn't disappoint, and I can't wait to hear your perspective, Kathy. Well, I agree with you. We love ourselves some Hank Philippi Ryan. Okay, so today we are talking about The Murder List. It was just published... Uh, last month, uh, from the author Hank Philippi Ryan. First, we'll talk about Hank herself, the great Hank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to give a disclaimer. I'm a huge fan. I'm just unabashedly a fan of hers. Um, right. I know you are, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we talked about last year, we met her at Sleuth Fest in 2018. She mm-hmm. taught the very first session that uh, we went to. It's where we met. And yep. she. it was a life-changing um, session for me, honestly. I really, I'd never been to um, a thrill uh, or a Mystery Ritter's um, conference before. It was just exactly what I needed to hear. And I just, I kind of fell in love with her. I just thought, right. who is this woman? I want more of this. She's just great. Yeah. So, you know, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So Hank is a um, extremely successful journalist in her other life, I guess. She's, yes. she's won Emmys and um, HR Murrow Awards. I mean, we're talking like 33, I believe, is the number most recently. Yeah, it's Emmy, some Emmys. crazy high number. And she still does yeah. that, I think. I don't know how she, she does, does everything. But. She, I don't either. And that's one of the things I want to ask her next week. But So she's mm-hmm. an on-air investigative reporter in Boston. Um, mm-hmm. And if you follow her social media, which you should, because it's so funny and generous and Mm -hmm. it makes you wonder how she gets it all done but she'll announce you know when she's got a new story coming up and that's kind of always fun for me to see not living in boston obviously right (laughs) um so she's doing that and this is now her 11th novel um wow i didn't even realize that i thought it was like third or fourth i didn't realize oh my goodness she's so perfect i know she is and you know in addition to being a great journalist and a great writer, she is a huge supporter of other writers, especially mm-hmm. newbies like us. And I think, yep. um, you know, she's just genuine and giving. And I know you and I both agree on that. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, in addition, by the way, in her downtime, which I have no idea what that is for her, <laughs> she 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 blogs at two different blogs. Um, one is Jungle Red Writers, and the other one is honestly my favorite writing blog. It's called Career Writers. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of that my go-to. Too. I do, too. It's my go-to. Like, anytime, um, especially Hank has a new article out, I mean, I read it within the mm-hmm. next couple hours for sure because it's always so chock full. So, anyway, background on Hank Philippi Ryan. She's awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. Her new book, The Murder List, which is a great title, I thought. Yes. Um, it's kind of, it's a legal thriller, really. I mean, it's a, it's still her tradition, you know, it's her suspense. Um, like psychological but, you know, kind of suspense. Yeah. Sort of. But it really, um, it takes place in the legal world, which really is a great combination for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I will not give any spoilers, but um, <laughs> it centers around um, a law student, Rachel North. Um, who happens to be married to a very successful attorney. So Rachel North is a going into her third year at Harvard Law. She's married to a really successful defense attorney um, in Boston. And mm-hmm. his arch nemesis is the DA, the, the Boston DA, 
Her name's Martha Gardner, and he can't mm-hmm. stand her. And our main person, Rachel North, the law student, just took an internship at that woman's office, at the DA's office. Oh, sparks so, are going to fly. <laughs> right? I mean, so we've got this law student who's married to and plans on going into practice with her very successful defense attorney husband. Mm-hmm. And he can't figure out, you know, why she would want to go intern with the DA, his arch nemesis. He actually calls um, Martha Gardner, the, the Boston DA, Satan and Pearls, which is a great <laughs> image, I think. <laughs> I love that. And, yes. uh, and and then it also, why did the DA, who knows who her husband is, select her for an intern, right? So just the setup is, mm-hmm. you know, from the get-go, something's obviously awry. And um, as you get into it, you realize that there's all different sides of the justice system being presented as kind of the good side, right? Mm-hmm. And um, someone's not being truthful. I mean, it is a layered intense plot with full right. of twists and she just does it great i think yeah what did you think i thought the same thing you're right in the layered part because mm-hmm. there were so many layers you know yeah and you didn't know what what to believe and what not to believe you know i mean it was it yeah. was it kept you going you wanted you kept turning the page going okay i think no maybe no <laughs> i know and yet one of my favorites so one of the things i want to talk about i've got two kind of things i thought we should talk about in our book club mm-hmm. here is um you know the concept of uh right and wrong and good and evil and it's just this gray world you know you mm-hmm. she does such a good job of showing from each side of the law whether you're on the defense side or the prosecution side mm-hmm. um each side thinks they have the ethical high ground Right. right. I mean, her husband talks about how he's the ethical, he's the savior of the, you know, the little guy trying to make sure the law is always being enforced correctly. And then mm-hmm. the defense, or excuse me, the um, DA says the exact same thing. Right. And I just thought that was fascinating. And there was so, yeah, because you could also see that, you know, the defense person oftentimes could be defending somebody who is really guilty. So there's that gray area. Right. Right. And, you know, I thought they did a great job of um, talking about that, you know, that if even if he knows his client is guilty, um, it's still his constitutional job to make sure um, that everything's being done Gives according the to the law. Yeah. Right. So interesting. And I, I happen to have done snippets of each of those jobs, and I, I found um, her description of it very apt. I mean, I just thought she did mm-hmm. such a good job of getting to those layers I know her husband happens to be an attorney. And so all I kept thinking about was all the conversations she and her husband, she as a reporter, and her husband Uh as an attorney had to get this, (laughs) you know, plot going in her brain. I just love that idea. Yeah. 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 So it's like, who's the hero? Who's the villain? Yeah. And it it kind of turns it all on. And yeah. And you just, you have to read to the last page. Yes. I know. And I can't say more because I'll I'll spoil. (laughs) Right. But. Okay, so I had a second topic I wanted to get your thoughts on, Mm -hmm. and this is uh, Rachel North, our law student, is a non-trad. She's a non-traditional student. Did you notice that, you know, that she's an older student going back to law school? Yeah. And it reminded me of Hank um, starting on her writing career. um, Mm -hmm. I I don't even know when she said it was, but it was, I think, maybe in her 50s. Wow. I mean, it. You know, it wasn't that... I know what she means. (laughs) Yeah. And I thought, well, that sounds kind of familiar about the whole trying your hand at something new later in life. Yep. 
Thoughts, Christy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're, we've all had many hats in our lives at this point, but yeah, that it that is interesting, and that's and you know I I thought about it when we realized Rachel was older and starting in this new career of law. I remembered that a friend of mine kind of was thinking about doing the same thing because law is um, a field where it's okay to be older, like you look more experienced, you know, right. Like, so even if you are new to it, you give an air of experience just by being older, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. Like, uh, I don't know if it's the same with writers. Writers, sometimes they probably like them younger, I think, the publishers, because they anticipate a big future, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, I think there's not any one great age, obviously, for anything. Who knows? But... but- I'm sure people are living longer and longer these days. So yeah, and you know it's funny because here I am now advising um, seventeen and eighteen year olds on trying to advise them, give Mm -hmm. give them advice on how to select a career as they go into college and whatnot. And I I just was telling my daughter the other day, it's nearly impossible for you to anticipate what you're going to want to do for the next sixty years. You know, I just it's unrealistic. It was, by the way, not the answer she wanted. Just FYI. <laughs> oh, well, that's what we got from from our wisdom. <laughs> Writer's, Writer's perspective. perspective. This week's question is: How do you approach starting your books? Oh, this is good. This is very good. <laughs> I, I, and it's you know, it's, I'm endlessly fascinated by how. Um, an author jumps from inspiration or an idea to the actual book. Yeah. You know, everyone has a different approach, obviously, but um, yep. it's a great topic. Yeah, I agree. And um, and even within um, a particular author, every book is a little bit different. You know, you'll hear, oh, this one came to me in the middle of the night or this one, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I really struggled over 10 years trying to get through this Um so, um, you know, it's all it's all different. But I thought, well, Kathy, you've got a couple manuscripts under your belt. So I was wondering how you approached yours. OK, I'm literally no expert here. It's probably a much better question to ask Hank. But well, of when course. You, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when you brought this up, the first thing that jumped in my head was an interview I had seen um, Stephen King give. And he I remember this distinctly. It was um the second uh, in the Mr. Mercedes series had just come out. And he mm-hmm. said, he talked about how, um, you know, when you have a good idea, when you have two separate or un- unrelated ideas that come together in an unusual or, you know, interesting way. And I huh. thought that was really interesting, you know, that you have these two just nebulous things that come together. Right. And I, and I, um, it made me think of a Venn diagram, you know, like right. idea idea one, idea two, and then idea three, or, you know, the, the third circle, I guess, when you kind of can start making connections. Right. Um, I, I just thought that was really interesting. What about you? Well, I mean, but I'm still wondering, like, did you all of a sudden just, like, well, for instance, I'll tell you what I do. Like, I can tell you, okay. like, with my work in progress, I, um, I had an idea of a character who was living in a certain situation. So I was like, okay, I want to explore, you know, 
this person living in, you know, living mm-hmm. in this situation. And then, of course, you know, I like the mystery aspect. So I'm like, okay, there's going to be some sort of, you know, perilous mystery involved coming from that perspective. And so then I just start writing about this person, where they are, who their friends are, you know, that kind of thing. Because I'm a pantser. That's just I was just going to say, that is the <laughs> definition of a pantser. I... Yeah. Do not do that. Just FYI, no, I have to I do the exact opposite. That's funny. I okay, so I will tell you for my the um my current um uh, novel, mm-hmm. uh, I had seen an interview with um a journalist, um Jane Mayer um is her name. And mm-hmm. um she was doing a, an interview in a book she had just written about dark money in politics. And I was fascinated by the concept of it. I just thought that was mm-hmm. super fascinating. So then I I, do, I dove deep. I, I read the book. I did all the research I could into other areas of this whole concept of dark money and mm-hmm. started developing an outline before I ever even thought about, you know, developing the characters. Isn't that interesting? Like the yep. research is what called me first. Really yeah, that's so interesting. I know. See, yeah. so everybody's totally, you know, yeah. you never know. But for the most part, you know, at some point, I have to plot things out, you know, when yeah. I get to a certain point in yeah. the mystery and everything like that. But in the beginning, yeah. it's more just like a feeling or or like you said, I could have an inspiration, but the inspiration yeah. doesn't lead me to do tons of research in an outline. I might do some research right. and then just dive in. <laughs> Well, and I think, you know, there's an there's ideas that come and go all the time, but the idea has to be something that you that holds your interest, will hold a reader's interest for 400 plus pages or whatever mm-hmm. length you're working on. Um, but I do, I remember actually, it might have been Hank, but it might, at that first conference, someone, um, we'll say Hank, we'll give her credit, um, <laughs> saying, you know, that once you have the idea that you're really interested in, the character or the or the concept, then you got to start looking at plot points. You know, do you have enough to, like, support, you know, right. pretty pretty big, you know, like the like a third act twist and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, but, yeah, um, for me, the research is what get, does it for me. And it sounds like for you, you're a, a pantser yeah. on your I mean, on your I character. just research as, as I go along, you know, when mm-hmm. I come up with an idea and I'll be like, hey, that sounds interesting. Let me see if it's plausible and I'll research it. And then, which is probably... Well, it doesn't matter. Everybody's different and it works for whoever. That's the great thing about writing is, you know, there's these, you have these great ideas or you hear about people's ideas about how they do their approach to writing. Mm-hmm. And and you maybe look at it, try it out. And if it works for you, you keep it. And if not, you pass it on. Like it just, you know, that because we all approach yep. this so differently. And that's our writer's perspective. So before we go, we're going to wrap up just like every book club I've ever been to. Um, we finish our wine, <laughs> catch up with what's going on with everybody um, in attendance, right? If you haven't already yep. been with us at the beginning, I suppose. Right, right. And then also, you and I want to make ourselves more accountable in our writing. And we thought, what better way than to let our listeners in on what's going on so that we won't let ourselves fall too far behind because we'll be accountable people will know yeah this was your idea to do this accountability <laughs> thing and i have to say it might be a little painful on occasion 
to recount yeah. our progress or lack thereof, <laughs> but that's how it goes. So yep. I'm I'm game. Okay. All right. All right. Well, anyway, sometimes important family events and stuff take up our time, so everybody has to be understandable, but um, but I like the accountability, and um, you know, we're starting with ground zero here, so okay. just wondering kind of what you're doing right now, and then we can... Next week or in a couple of weeks, we can be like, okay, did I move forward or yeah. am nothing I going like to have public- to crawl under? Yeah, nothing like public accountability, Christy. I love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like the ultimate deadline. All right. So I am, um, I'm going to say that I am, I'm finishing my novel, finishing the editing of my novel. I would say right now I'm doing what I would call tightening and polishing kind of at the same time. I'm um, working through which is a, which is an involved process for it anybody is, who's not a writer. That's that's oh, like it a big has taken process. me so much longer than I ever anticipated. And mm-hmm. um, that said, I mean, I don't have a lot of a wealth of experience yet, so I'm I'm learning as I go for sure, as right. as we all do. Um, so, but one thing I did today that was kind of funny is that. Um, in addition to totally scrapping my first chapter, by the way, and starting over again. Oh, no, not again. Oh, but it's so much better now. It's okay, so much good. better. Okay. Okay. So um, I have a list of trigger words that I've been keeping as I go. Like, I'll, I'll just note, wow, I've used that before. You know, it's kind of my, like, um, default or, you know, when mm-hmm. I'm not thinking too creatively, it's like, I'm, so I, I've been keeping this list, and I knew at the end of this process I would go through, do a find, and see, you know, and, and correct them. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And um, so <laughs> today, and I think I'm 428 pages, okay? So in 428 mm-hmm. pages, <laughs> somebody nodded their head 88 times. <laughs> And well, I, people nod their head a lot. I'm nodding my head right now, listening. Well, that's so. lovely, but you know that's pretty <laughs> repetitious. But I get, yeah, I guess you could say, you know, uh, I don't know, what are different ways to say nod your head? You're going to be well, able to know just, 80 different ways. <laughs> I'm not gonna, but it just cracked me up that that I, I literally 88 times thought that was the appropriate way to, you know, exemplify right. what my character was doing. But it, it made me think of bobbleheads. You know, those little bobblehead yeah. characters. <laughs> And I said, I should buy myself 88 bobbleheads to put on my desk so that I don't ever do this again because I've got to fix all of them. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, But I will say. There's always something like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but I also will add that I am circulating ideas for novel number two because the minute I finish this thing in the next few weeks, I'm starting on a second one. So I'm. Awesome. I'm outlining and. Wow. Doing that Venn diagram of my kind of two big (laughs) topics and circling things around so anyway that's how great about you? And, and i mean yeah. and i know you've got a lot on your plate with you know one girl starting college and one starting her senior year in high school so you're pretty busy i mean you know what everybody is everybody's yeah. busy it's yeah. all relative yeah. so yes. well, how about you what's going on with your writing okay so i'm i'm in my in the middle i'm in the middle and i kind of took a little bit of a break you know for the last mm-hmm. month or two on my work in progress which you know I intend to get cranking on so I'm not going to tell how many words I'm at but I will try to be accountable like I at least you know wrote another you know 10,000 words or something and whatever um also I you know I was realizing November's coming soon too I don't know if we want to do NaNoWriMo again but that was just a possibility out there, you know, where you write like crazy you know, in November. I, 
I would not be opposed to um, trying that again just because of how it's falling for where I'm at. I, mean, right. I really want to be working on project number two and yep um we'll have to revisit that but i yeah we might we might want to do NaNoWriMo again that was i mean you know last year was um i certainly didn't achieve the the end goal of fifty thousand words in a new work in progress but i man, right. I, I made some big good effort towards it at least so yeah you did and i did good in the beginning and then i kind of fell to the side yeah. but but yeah but i'm willing to try it again too and then in the meantime i'm gonna i'm gonna send out i think one more round of query letters on my finished manuscript mcgator moon and see where that goes because you know they keep saying gotta send out you know 100 or more and i haven't quite met that goal so how many do you think you've sent out i've sent out about 25 or 30 and I've gotten some full manuscript requests and, you know, some just no response and some, you know, liked it but didn't love it and keep looking. Mm-hmm. So I guess I got to keep looking a little bit and then, then I'll just decide whether what I want to do with that. But in the meantime, I got to start getting more finished with my second one. So, Well, that's great. So we both have two kind of things in the works, right? I'm finishing yep. my manuscript, out, kind of outlining and getting ideas for my my new project and you mm-hmm. are working on your new project and you're going to continue sending out your uh your first one yep all right. all right stay stay tuned thanks to our mysterious foodies out there for listening and sharing next week we are going to have our corks in conversation with today's author hank Philippi ryan which Kathy and I are beyond excited about, in case you didn't hear half of the middle of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss the interview. Yeah, and and check us out on Facebook or Twitter and Twitter. Um, We (laughs) have a contest going right now um, where you can win a copy of today's book, The Murder List. Um, And there's still time to get it in the running. Uh, before the drawing in a few days, and that way you can read it and listen along with our conversation with Hank. Exactly. So that's it for today's episode of Game of Books podcast, where we share food, wine, and mystery every Friday morning, just in time for the weekend. This is Christy. And this is Kathy saying thanks for listening. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody.